Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I am joined by the lovely Ellison Weist. Hello, Ellison. Hello, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hear that you have cracked ribs. I. Uh, Either cracked or bruised. Uh, this has been, uh, I got some sort of flu, um, viral flu, uh, you know, cough, runny nose, sore throat, um, and it's going into its fourth week. <laughs> Lucky uh, you. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and I had a couple of coughing fits, one right after the other, and somehow I bruised uh, a couple of ribs. This was after the pink eye also. <laughs> right, so right. Is, yeah, you, is... you threw that out to me in text. I was like, oh, holding my phone away from <laughs> me because yeah. it might come through the phone. Yeah, when I went to Zoom Care, the uh, woman you know, had on these massive plastic gloves. She leans in, yep, you've got uh, pink eye. And then she, you know, retreated about 10 feet and right. <laughs> said, you, you can pick up your medication outside. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So the cracked ribs that has, or the bruised ribs that has um, hampered your running at all? Yes. Yeah. I had, you know, finally been able to run after about literally two and a half weeks of not running, went out, had a wonderful run. It was the next day that I had this uh, coughing fit. And so I'm hoping to get back on the road tomorrow because on Monday, I'm going to start the amazing uh, heart rate half marathon program. Yeah, very exciting. I am. I'm very excited about it. And uh, yesterday, I listened to Dimity and Coach MK talk about heart rate 101 uh -huh. and was very encouraged because um, Dimity made a good point about when you first start running, your heart rate typically really jumps up. And that was something that I was concerned about. Wait, wait, wait. So you, you're saying when you first set out on a run or when, when you, you were a new runner? When you first set out on a run. Oh. When you first set out on a run. Because I've been sort of doing my version of, of heart rate training in right, Ellison 101 since uh, <laughs> January 1st. And I kept noticing that, you know, I'd start out and, you know, within a quarter of a mile, I was like, good Lord, you know, <laughs> I'm up in the 150s. What the heck's going on? So Dimity made a good point. Um, that this is going to happen and that you can also sort of keep it from happening by doing a, um, a warm-up beforehand. Oh, like what sort of warm-up? Uh, I think you're happy toes. Is that what it is? Happy, happy toes. Happy toes. Is it, is I it? believe that's what it is. <laughs> Dimity can chime in and, and, and uh, oh, let me know goodness. if I'm wrong on that. But anyway, um, I really enjoyed uh, you know, listening to Dimity and, and Coach MK. Uh, speaking, I'm I'm looking forward to the program. Yeah, yeah. So so that's intriguing because that also, I mean, I always feel very sluggish and you know, like at the beginning of a run, I I live on perfectly flat ground, right? And you know, when I run the third of a mile or a little less than that to meet up with Molly, and I'm like, oh, this is so tough. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's, there's some physiological reason for that, perhaps. Yes, I, I believe so. Um, and probably somebody else could speak more to that. But mm -hmm. it was encouraging to hear that because I think particularly with heart rate training, it's so humbling, especially if you're a seasoned runner. Um, so knowing that ahead of time and knowing that it's going to even out um, was very, very helpful. Well, that's interesting. And now that I'm thinking about it, so I did a nice run this morning, my longest one since Boston. It was 65 minutes with some pickups in it. and But did the lunge matrix beforehand, which is a series of five different type of lunges, and you do five on each leg. And now that I'm kind of putting the pieces together in my mind, I think, well, after I, when I start those runs right after doing a lunge matrix, it does feel a little easier. I, I feel less, you know, dragged behind a truck than I, than I typically <laughs> do in the first mile of a yeah. run. Yeah. And it's, yeah. oh my gosh, Molly is like 
peppy, like so light on her toes from the moment we meet. And I, I, I mean, hate you, Molly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and probably a quarter of the times I have to say, slow it down. Slow, right. like, let's rein it in. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was the way my uh, best writing friend, Monica, was. It yeah. was sort of like he wanted to, you know, lasso her and sort <laughs> right. of pull her back. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or trip her one right. or the other. Well, well, <laughs> I'm not saying. Well, so how is your training going? What's next? Oh, um, so it is. So I have kept Bree as my coach uh, for the next month because we have a family friend, Jack and I and the kids. We all have a family friend, Will Shaw. Um, shout out to Will Shaw. He is a dad of four, a divorced dad of four up in Seattle. And uh, Will turns 60 this year on Father's Day, which also happens to be the day of the Seattle Rock and Roll Marathon. So for two years, he has been planning and targeting that race to be his first marathon. Cool. Yeah. And we all adore Will. We just love Uncle Will, as the kids call him. And so um, I have been, he's following, Will is following a train like a mother plan, our marathon finish it plan. And he sometimes calls or texts me from the, he's a um, stockbroker. So he um, gets to work and on the West Coast, he gets to work super duper early. So he does his runs in the mid afternoon when he gets out of work. And so sometimes he'll like call or text me at one or something and be like, oh, I don't want to do eight miles. <laughs> what? How can I feel better? Oh, Sarah, can I skip it? And oh my goodness, he started, Will started training, get this, two weeks before the plan was supposed to start because he figured he'd skip so many workouts, he wanted to like catch up on them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's no math <laughs> stockbroker right. that makes that work. <laughs> <laughs> Unless yeah. Wall Street is really voodoo, I don't think there's any math yeah. that makes that work. And so, because he called me in an absolute panic to say he had to run 10 miles. And this was in like, I don't know, middle of January. And I knew that my marathon, my Boston training wasn't even up to 10 miles at that point. And I'm right. like, dude, my marathon's like two plus months before yours. What's going on here? He's like, well, I got on the plan early. I'm like, Reek, stop Get off the plan, get off, stop the merry-go-round, right. get off it, and get yeah. back on it in yeah. a couple of weeks. So anyway, so the reason why I'm doing 20 miles, so um, as I said, we adore Uncle Will, we love his girlfriend, Kathy, and so I invited them down for a weekend in May, um, which happens to be his one and only 20 miler on the plan, and so I am going to accompany Will on that 20 mile run. Oh, great. Yeah, and... Um, you know, we'll be at training pace and, um, you know, Will's 10 years older than I am. So I think the fact that he's a man, I think he'll all even out nicely. I think so. And, um, so, but I definitely did after I, you know, came through Boston with, you know, a miraculous way of my ankle healing itself. I didn't want to do damage now for a training run. So I kept Breon to coach me through that. So, um, and also, I just wasn't ready to let go of her. I love her so much. <laughs> and uh, and I just love training. Yeah. You know, I do. I, yeah. I love having somebody tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me a glass of water, Sarah. That's now. That's right. <laughs> Noon. Now. Stack. Chop, chop. <laughs> so, um, so before we forget, let's talk books. You, It's only been a few weeks since you've been a, a co-host, so maybe... Well, knowing you, you've probably read a lot, but well, for most people, they wouldn't have read that many books. Well, I, I have to give a shout out to Eligible. I believe I mentioned oh, that yes. when at, uh, two weeks ago, I had just gotten it from the library, and I really wasn't expecting uh, to enjoy it as much as I did. Oh, this is Eligible, the latest by Curtis Settenfield, which is, some people know, is a, a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice. So I do think that 
uh, you know, ardent uh, Jane Austen fans are going to be horrified. Um, but if you've got a bit of a sense of humor, you can really enjoy how uh, Settenfield has, has set this in, in modern day Cincinnati. Uh-huh. And uh, some of the lines, especially uh, from the father, Mr. Bennett, mm-hmm. um, are just laugh out loud hilarious and it's it's cute i mean it's um you know it's chiclet um it's it's fun uh it's uh uh, even though it's over 400 pages long it's an easy read quick read and i i really i recommend it if you can keep your sense of humor and 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 go in not expecting great literature well, because I gotta say, I am just—you uh, know this—I'm such a huge fan of Pride and Prejudice that right. I that I reread it, hoping somehow there'll be extra pages that I never saw before. Like there'll be a whole chapter that's a side story that I've never noticed before, and it doesn't. It's always the same story, but it always—I notice different things. But so then, definitely, I I dive into adaptations, or you know, I read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And if you uh, can get through that, you can get through eligible. <laughs> yeah. And um, I love um, the movie Austin Land. I love, love, love the series Lost in Austin, which um, is the um, a woman in who's very much similar, similar in sentiment to Lizzie Bennett. And she lives in modern day London. And she um, through the door in her apartment bathroom she can it leads to the upper floor of the Bennett's house and so then Lizzie comes through and takes on her life and she then has to acclimate to being in you know Edwardian England and it is just so or not even Edwardian I mean what no. what period would that be oh gosh gosh there is it Regency Regency, Regency. right Woo-hoo. exactly I'll exactly. take uh, periods was... in English history for a hundred Alex, Alex? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I do love any, um, you know, kind of riffs on Austin. So I'm glad to hear that you liked Eligible. So and and what else? Uh, The other book that I read um, is called Maud's Line, and it's by Margaret Verbal, Mm V-E-R-B-L-E. And it was uh, surprisingly shortlisted for the Pulitzer, which Mm. uh, was announced on the same day you were running Boston. Right. Um, And I had heard about it, and then it sort of went off my radar. But it's the story um, of a young woman living on uh, land in Oklahoma that uh, was put aside for Native Americans. And she's she's 18. It's at the uh, cusp of the Depression. Mm. And she has a rather extended family um, surrounding her that uh, kind of keeps her on her toes. Um, she has a sort of a ne'er-do-well father and a very sensitive brother that she's close to. And the story is... It's not a quick-moving story, but it sort of shows how she gets through this challenge of living in in pretty dire poverty, and yet she's a reader. She has aspirations for greater things, but so she's caught between wanting to change her life, but then being in this very tight-knit family that demands a lot from her. I found it to be a, a really gripping story at times, and, and yet it's also, again, I'm going to use that phrase, a quiet book. Mm-hmm. But I think Verbal is, is somebody to watch, and mm-hmm. um, I would recommend um, this book, uh, especially for people who are interested in uh, debut fiction and who enjoy books that focus more so on one particular character than a 
rollicking plot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to say, I love that you use the phrase ne'er-do-well. <laughs> I think we've talked about it before, but that um, Molly one time used the phrase ne'er-do-well on a run, and I just nearly tripped. I was laughing so hard because it's, you know, I would say it's not a word that pops up in everyday English, and it's just also such a funny word, and, you know, it has a hyphen in it. And <laughs> yeah, and an apostrophe. Right, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has both. <laughs> Two hyphens, one apostrophe. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's a word that one of my grandparents used to use, uh, you know, with, with more than a little disdain in her voice. Uh, oh, of course. I love that. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, so your talk of books leads right into our guests. Uh, yes, we are uh, joined today by two women runners, writer Jen A. Miller and her mother, Mary Miller. A contributor to the New York Times and a slew of magazines, Jen is a writer in New Jersey whose memoir, Running, A Love Story, debuted in March going to talk to her about that and mary is jen's 61 year old mother who just ran her first half marathon on sunday jen pr'd in a marathon the same day Woo-hoo. congrats to jen and we want to have them on as a homage to mother's day a mother-daughter duo so um, but before we bring our guests let's take a quick break for a message or two stay with us thanks for joining us jen and mary we are delighted to have a mother-daughter duo on our show thanks thank you so you both just ran races on Sunday. Uh, we hear the weather was pretty rough in New Jersey. How did the wind and rain affect you? And how are you feeling now three days post-race? It was very wet. Um, <laughs> I made it through mile six before I had to put the, the uh, rain gear on because it just got too cold. But um, it was not as bad as when we did the Ocean Drive uh, 10-miler. So on the whole, I liked it. So, so Mary, you are not Mary Sunshine then. You are uh, <laughs> Ma- Mary Raincloud. <laughs> I do not. I prefer not to run in sun. I like the cool temperatures and cloudy days. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. And Jen, Jen, how about you? How are you feeling? Well, this morning we found out that I don't have a collapsed lung, so that's a good thing. That's um, always a that's always good news. <laughs> I uh, I pulled a muscle in my chest. I'm not really sure how I did that, but my doctor was concerned enough that he not rushed me to get an X-ray, but told me to go sooner rather than later. Um, wow. And I'm okay. I didn't I didn't mind the rain so much. The last time I ran the New Jersey Marathon, it was cool but sunny, and that sun really did get to me after a while. Mm-hmm. So this was fine. I mean, it was just harder to get my sports bra off at the end. <laughs> <laughs> we saw, um, I know I saw on, I guess it was on Instagram, um, a mother runner named Kim. She ran it uh, for a second time. And then her husband, it was his first marathon. And she definitely was loving the heated seats in their car after the race. <laughs> we, had a very, we had a very nice police officer that let us sit in the car and warm up. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice, nice. Um, and ha- did you have like trouble like opening goose, you know, like, or, you know, any of your fuel, like in the later miles of the race? I always find that can be tricky in cold weather. Well, goo makes me vomit. So that's oh, no goo right. for me. But um, I use shop blocks and I pre-tear, I pre-tear it open oh, uh, before clever. the race. So that because of my first marathon, the Philadelphia marathon, I couldn't open it. and I had to have a spectator do it. So now I just tear it a little bit before the race starts and I don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, Oh, that's clever. That's clever. That's one of those things you do the night before that's like on the checklist of what you don't want to forget. Yes. My, my mom taught me well. I I was a, I was a Girl Scout. She was my Girl Scout leader. 
<laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, and Mary, congratulations on completing your first half marathon. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear a little bit about it. And was it what you expected given Jen's tales of the marathon version of it in her book? Well, I actually thought it was going to be worse than what it actually was. I kept <laughs> saying to them, I don't think I'm going to do this. I'm going to back out. And they said, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll be fine. Um, cause I hurt worse on the training than the actual race. Oh, I, I didn't get paid. I never got past mile nine. So I was quite happy that I w- had very little pain afterwards. Wow. And when you say you never got past mile nine, do you mean you would bail on that, that like, were you planning to go 11 and you're like, Oh, at mile nine, you got to stop or. Um, you... I would end up walking the rest of it. Oh, uh-huh. And did you have to walk in the, did you opt to walk in the half marathon? I did do some walking around Mm -hmm. nine, mile nine and 10. I would walk for maybe two minutes and then start running again. Smart. Smart. Good. good. Well, aside from having a marathon for a daughter, Mary, what propelled you to start running? Um, A couple of things. I was very overweight. I wanted to start doing triathlons and the running was the only thing I was missing. Oh, so I talked with Jen and she started me on a couch to 5k Mm -hmm. and then going and watching both of them run. I'm like, I could do that. My sister runs marathons too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So seeing them do it, I was like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then you did it. And I did it. And, and been... how how long was it when you from when you started the Couch to 5K program until the half marathon? This is year four. Okay, okay, but but you mentioned a ten miler, so you've done some other you've done races of of varying distances before this, right? Um, the Ocean Drive ten miler is yeah. is basically the I think that's the only one I did. But you've done it twice. Oh, yes, I've done it twice. But I've, you didn't you didn't jump in with like a 5K or something? I try to do a 5K every month. Oh, oh, that's smart. Yeah. 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 She ran, mom ran her first, mom or Mary, however I should be referring to her. <laughs> you can say mom. It's, they'll okay. be listening Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, mom ran her first 5K after the 2013 New Jersey Marathon, the week after. Um, so she actually started running where my book stopped. So she picked up the mantle and kept going. And uh, <laughs> last month, I believe you won your age group in a 5K. Yes. Yes, I did. See? Oh, congratulations. Great. That's awesome. Good. Maybe there's another book in the in the works then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love that this New Jersey marathon slash half marathon was a family affair. So tell us which members of your family ran and spectated and how it all went. My sister, uh, Tracy, and I ran the full marathon. My mom ran the half marathon. My brother and his wife spectated. My aunt and my cousin spectated. And my father spectated. And my Parents had been divorced since 1998, so it was like a real motley crew we had going there. Um, and my boyfriend, but, you know, he, he doesn't count. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Sorry, boyfriend. <laughs> so it was nice to have people sort of stationed at all different points during the race because it, it gave me at least mile markers to look forward to instead of thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to run to 26.2. It was sure. just I had to get to nine and a half, and then I had to get to 18 and then 20 and then the finish. Isn't it funny how it works out with, with that, that you, you can look forward to seeing the person for like two miles, but then the whole interchange is over in mere seconds. I just watched my best running friend run Eugene marathon the same day you all were running in New Jersey. 
and I saw her mile, her and her oldest daughter at mile 17 and then right before 25. And yeah, there's such buildup, there's such excitement, and then it's all over, like, in just a few blinks of the eye. (laughs) When I ran New York City in 2014, I had a, I was sick going into the race, and it just wasn't working well, and I was so excited to see my friend Rachel at mile eight that I jumped up and down. I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. Your legs don't want to do that later in the race. But it was just, it was, it was, it was like a brief flash, and, but it really helped out. Yeah, it was was funny, I saw, um, uh, dad that I know through one of my daughter's soccer teams and so he gave me a big high five when I saw him and some just random woman that we didn't know she's like hey I want a piece of that action for so <laughs> a very enthusiastic high five <laughs> well how much do you guys uh, talk about running as a family uh, does the topic uh, monopolize dinner time conversations and also did the two of you ever train together uh, we don't train together she's too fast mm-hmm. Um, but when we're together, yeah, we do talk about what we're doing, what was the race we, you know, what race are you going to, how did you do for the week? It isn't a part of the conversation. And we convince each other to do races. I convinced my mom to do the, um, Ben Franklin bridge run, which was a 10 K over the Ben Franklin bridge into and out of Philadelphia from New Jersey. And I'm pretty sure I convinced you to do this half marathon. Yes, you did. <laughs> and Mary, are you grateful at this point, or are you are you begrudging toward Jen, or how? What are your feelings post race? Oh, not at all. It it was on my bucket list, so it was. And she told me Tracy was running, and she said you've got to do it because all three of us will do it together. Right. So, cool. no, I was very happy that I actually did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's one of those those sort of safe topics now. Like um, our family, my um, divorced parents, my siblings, their spouses, their children, and my grandparents, we all went to Disney in January. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of one of those topics that we could all talk about because my dad has started running too. Um, Yeah, it's nice to have that sort of, okay, well, I don't want to talk about this or that. Let's talk about running because we can all agree on that. So that's what that is now for us. Right, right. And it, but you all aren't like dueling methods of uh, oh, no, training. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, Jen told her sister to pick up the speed and you better beat me. Yeah, I saw her on the turnaround and she, she was running what I had hoped to run before I hurt my foot and got a concussion while training. <laughs> and when I saw her on the turnaround, I yelled at her. I said, you better keep that up and beat me or I'm going to be really mad at you. And she did. So good for her. <laughs> nice way to threaten people in a race. That, yes, that always exactly. works well. Yeah. Threat, threats and intimidation. Um, so Mary, what training plan did you follow and how did you, what do you do to sidestep potential injuries? Um, as Ellison and I know, it's not always fun getting older and being a runner. Um, well, I had a, I have a running coach. Oh, so okay. I, I did whatever she told me to. Nice. And how do you work with that coach? Talk to us a bit about that. Cause I know people, uh, a lot of people listening sometimes contemplate getting a coach. So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, well, Jen introduced me to Colleen, mm-hmm. uh, four years ago after, after I did the couch to 5k, I said, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, I need to get better. So she introduced me to Colleen mm-hmm. and Um, they were doing Wednesday night runs. So I did that for a little while, but it interfered with my work schedule. So we've been for the last two years doing everything over the internet. Hmm. And is she, is she there in New Jersey or no? She's in New Jersey. Okay. And so she sends it to you all over the internet and you, um, don't see her during the week at all. Like how does she follow your training? What, what sort Um, of? 
It's a it's a Google Excel spreadsheet. Okay. So after I'm done a run, I go in and I give her all my statistics, uh-huh. what my splits were. If I if I sign up for a race, I go in and fill it in for her so she knows how to schedule me for the rest of the week or for you know upcoming to the race. And we talk by email. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you've had her continuously for four years? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's Team Tyndall. She works at at the um, running store that we shop at, and she has a mostly women's team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Hmm. nice. And so I, I have to ask, just because I know people will be curious, what's the, what is she charging per month to coach? Uh, right now I'm paying $75 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, good to know. And and talk to us about how that makes a difference, do you feel, in your running? I would not be running if I didn't have to account to somebody. Mm. It's, it's too easy to say I'm not going to do it today, but knowing that I have to report, and there have been weeks where I would write in there, I just don't feel like running. <laughs> I need a break. So <laughs> it's it, I need that accountability. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And do you like knowing kind of that she's making the tough decisions about, you know, if you're to, to prep you for a race so that you know when you get to that starting line that you're ready to go? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never not been ready. Oh, good. Good. And what was going to be, I have to ask, what was going to be her longest training run for you for the half marathon? The longest was, um, I had to do 11 miles. So you did cover the 11 miles, you just walked the last two. I just walked the last two, yes. (laughs) And Jen, you ran a negative split on Sunday. Uh, Sure did. My gosh, you ran the second half four minutes faster than the first 13.1 miles. Man, how'd you pull that off? I don't know. Um, (laughs) I used the Hanson's Marathon method. This is my third time with it, um, the second time that I PR'd. It's designed to get you ready to run on tired legs at the end of the race. And I, I had some issues with training in the last three weeks. My book tour sort of became a bit of a monster that took over. I was in Boston during the marathon weekend for an event and got the worst head cold of my life, I think, where I ended up calling my mom when I was in Boston Common and crying about how I Aww. wanted to come home. Oh, dear. Um, then I, I did a long run with a new pair of shoes that were tied too tight and it hurt my foot. And then I got a concussion in my sleep. I had a nightmare and hit my head against the headboard. So um, I really had went into this race thinking it wasn't going to happen, that the training wasn't going to work because I missed half my mileage in the last two to three weeks of the training. But I I said I would run a conservative 20 miles. Um, I did my first mile a little bit too fast, but held it back about 10 minute, 10, 30 minute miles until I hit mile 20. And I thought, Okay, well, let me let me get a bathroom break in because that was another complication I had in this race. I had to go to the bathroom three times, which is why I'm surprised I PR'd a negative split the race. But once I got to mile 22, I thought, okay, you have four miles left. You better give it your all because you'll be mad at yourself if you didn't. And I, I would like to know what I ran that last 5K, and I didn't run with a GPS watch, and I didn't run with a phone. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was under 25 minutes, maybe. Not, not maybe. Have- they don't have mats at certain mile markers? They do, but not for the last 5K. Like, oh, I want to know what those last 3.1 miles I ran That is. That's unusual. Um, yeah. It's a pretty small race, actually. It's it's not – I mean, I think there are about 2,000 marathoners, so this wasn't like a like a huge event. There were splits, and I have them, but just not that last 5K. But I'm, I'm pretty sure 
25, 26 minutes. But at the end of a marathon is pretty good. So yeah, Hanson's yeah, is, well, for, for my speed at least, um, I PR'd by 37 seconds. So I, it really did sort of put my head down and go. Um, yeah. The Hanson's marathon method, um, the longest training run is 16 miles, which might make it sound like it's easy, but it's not. You're running as an amateur up to 57 miles a week, which is which is a lot of time when you run at my pace. But a it, lot of time, no matter what pace, unless yeah. you know you're Kara <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and in in running circles, it's somewhat of a controversial plan. So yeah. um, I'm thinking if you've used it three times, uh, I'm assuming you'd follow it again. And so, what are some? Can you give us some more thoughts on that plan as a whole? Sure. Um, it's it is extremely difficult because you're doing long runs. Your long run is on Sunday, but you're still in the most of the training run to 10 to 12 miles on Tuesday and Thursday. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. And Thursday is a tempo run and tempo for them is at marathon pace with a mile warm up and a mile cool down. That is not an easy workout to do on no. a weekday. Wait, are you saying a t- so that you're doing tempo for like nine, eight or nine ten. miles? 10 is the most. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Um, although I hurt my foot before I could do that and I kind of was upset that I missed that tempo run, but not really. Although I'm, I'm really trying not to think about what my time would have been on Sunday. Had, yeah. Had yeah. If, if it hadn't happened, but I just put it in the frame of mind that I still managed to PR given all that stuff that happened. Um, yeah. When I wrote about the Hanson's marathon method in 2013 in the New York times, I got like hate mail for <laughs> doing it. Um, it unfortunately appeared on a running forum that is not very nice to people. And um, they were saying it didn't work, even though it did work. And it was it's very strange. And people got mad at me for doing this program and for it working. I The first time I used it, I think I had like a 16-minute PR or something. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that I do it. It's hard, but I'm glad that I do it because it does give you that satisfaction of being at the very end of a marathon and passing people by the dozen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My and first... proven all those trolls wrong, right? <laughs> I've done it twice. Um <laughs> And I've done the program three times, but the the second time I did it, it was a very hilly marathon. It didn't work out. But my first two marathons, I had problems at the end of the race, and I didn't want to go through that again. I really wanted to finish strong, and that's what Hanson's does. Another book I suggest reading is Matt Fitzgerald's How Bad Do You Want It, yeah. which is really about the mental side of this. So I've been working on a running guide for the New York Times that's coming out in a couple weeks, and I, and I talked to Matt. I've talked to him before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a lot of books about endurance sports, but – this one was really about how to work on your brain and mm-hmm. sort of get your head in the game and get you past all these excuses. And I definitely used it during this race and helped me get through and get that 37 second PR. Yeah. I uh, had the pleasure of meeting Matt Fitzgerald at Boston um, just a couple of weeks ago. And um, I mean, certainly I've read a lot of his books, but it was nice to finally um, meet the man in the flesh. And he said a huge PR at Boston. Give a little shout yes, out he to did. Matt Fitzgerald. Yeah. And he just run an ultra. So yeah. He's doing something right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, why do those people have to, like, you know, cut into you? Like, what does it matter to random people what other people are using as a training plan, you know, on that on that forum that you were talking about? Like, where's the where's the sense in that? I've been asking a version of that question since I was a columnist at my college newspaper at 18 years old, and I still don't have an answer why people care so much. Right. Right. Just like my grandfather used to say, some people are just no damn good. <laughs> See, my grandfather used to say, kill him with kindness, which I sort of did, and I had a, almost a run-in with a runner during this race who almost spit on me. Um, 
and uh, she said some words for me when I gave her a look. But you know uh, how I ended that was passing her and beating her in the race. So there you go. It wouldn't be a Jersey race without, you know, some sharp elbows thrown in there. You know, I didn't say a word. I didn't touch her. I just beat her and not with my fists. I just beat her in the race. I passed just... her at mile 17 and a half and she was in the middle of the course on the phone. Oh, dear. You just yeah. gave a high oh. sign to uh, one of Tony Soprano's ex. accomplices. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So you alluded to it, but um sounds like your book tour kind of um threw some curves into your training and those seem like those were kind of the highest mileage weeks of your marathon training. So any advice on uh you know juggling all the demands cuz us mother runners always like getting Don't do advice. it, man. <laughs> um I didn't plan I knew that I knew the date the book was being published was March 22nd, but I didn't know that the most demand to have me at running stores and events would be leading into the race. Mm. Um, and I sort of, when I realized that that was going to happen, I allowed myself to revise my marathon goal just so I didn't get sick, which I actually ended up doing. But just because when it became too much, I said, okay, I'm not going to try to break four hours. I just want to finish strong. That's Mm -hmm. why the PR was such a surprise. Um, I'm a very big fan of to-do lists. I like crossing things off. So my run became something on the to-do list, just like everything else. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually become more organized when I'm running a lot, which sort of doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm self-employed writer, so I have the benefit of being able to take naps in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. which I know not everybody has, although I'm looking at my mom. We're in her office right now. I know she takes naps in here. I know that this is a company <laughs> policy that they take naps. You've been outed, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> But her boss used, does it too. <laughs> I used to, uh, when I worked at a magazine called Walking in Boston, uh, um, probably two decades ago, I perfected the art of um, falling asleep, being able to nap in front of my computer, sitting in my chair because I had a glass door to a very, very small office, but my back was toward the door. <laughs> so it looked like I was very intently looking at my computer screen. <laughs> And at that point, I was a rower, and I would have to get up at, I don't know, 420 or something like that to to catch the T in from Wellesley to downtown Boston to row. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I nap during the workday. We have have a very comfortable couch with blankets. Blankets? Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, the other thing I would say would, would be, um, with the exception of the Boston event, which I obviously did then because it was tied to the Boston marathon, uh, or is it the same weekend as the Boston marathon? All my events that require significant travel are next month. So I, I didn't plan anything that required a flight at the same time I was training. It was either a train or a drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, also, you know, once the marathon was over and those, most of the events are over, I actually have two weeks off. <laughs> um, not from work, but just, it feels like I'm off because I'm not running right now. Cause my legs are shredded and obviously I pulled a muscle in my chest. Um, but from book events too, it's kind of nice. It's, I'm going to go see uh, captain America during the day because you know, that's what I wanted to do. That kind of thing. So there's a reward at the end too. I got through it all and now I can sort of relax and take a break. Right. So speaking of that, um, this is a question for the both of you. Do you feel a sense of letdown now that the race is over? You know, uh, I wouldn't call it a letdown, but I get to sleep in in the mornings. <laughs> so, you know, because I, I think a lot of people, when they have a big goal in front of themselves and like a marathon or a half marathon, you know, so much energy and attention and, and you know, mental um, processes are focused on that event that when it's over, it's like, oh, kind of now what? Um, well, 
I have a tribe practice tonight, so my tries in oh. four weeks. I have just switched my schedule around. Wow. So a triathlon, is that going to be, so that'll be in early June. Is it going to be an outdoor swim or is it a pool? This, the first one is in a pool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I have one in July and one in August that will be lakes. Nice. Nice. And so what distance triathlons do you do? I'm doing sprints. Uh-huh. My mom is way cooler than me. She has blue streaks in her hair right now. So, you know, I, I look like a slouch compared to her. <laughs> Very nice. And what's your strongest um, discipline out of the three, Mary? Swimming, biking, or running? Swim. Swim. Oh, yeah. 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 She's one of those people who, you know, I don't do triathlons because of the swim. And that's what most people I know are tripped up on. And I saw my mom's first triathlon, and she blew everybody out of the water. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Quite literally, perhaps. <laughs> um, I surprised myself on that one. Oh, good. Good. That's always a good thing to happen in a race, to have that be a positive surprise. Nice. Um, I, don't, I don't really feel a letdown just because I'm, I was so tired <laughs> going into this race <laughs> with everything that happened. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a different kind of race for me. I mean, this is the second time I've run the New Jersey Marathon. The first time, if you read my book, um, mm-hmm. what meant a lot to me, if you read it or read it, yes. mm-hmm. there was a lot less emotional ties to this race. I just really wanted to do well. And I did. And I was like, huh, okay, I want a Bloody Mary now. And then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jen, you, uh, alluding to the book there, um, that, that, you know, as you reveal in the book, you use running as a way to heal hurt feelings over broken or rocky relationships. T- talk to us about the mental and emotional benefits of running to you. I ran my first 5K 10 years ago because a magazine paid me $750 to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a pretty good incentive to start running. But I really got into distance running after three things happened. My alcoholic boyfriend at the time broke up with me, promised to keep me in the top eight of his MySpace friends, though. <laughs> hey, what a, what a jewel. <laughs> yeah, I, I really missed out on that one. Um, my grandfather died, and then I bought a house right before the recession. So I lost half my clients and had this house that I couldn't really afford. And then my washer broke and I was doing laundry at mom's and I felt like a failure of an adult human being. Um, and then I just couldn't get up off the floor anymore. So I decided to train for a 10 miler, which my mom is referenced to Ocean drive 10 miler, um, which I've run nine times now. Wow. Yeah. In a row. So I got to do 10. I can't not do 10. It's the, it's the worst weather of any race I've ever done, but it actually prepared us for the New Jersey marathon. But anyway, um, and it's once I got past sort of running five miles in an easy to me clip, I realized that running was a was a pretty good anchor meter, sort of helped quiet things down and let my brain either ignore problems or take a break from problems or complications or questions or or because I wasn't focusing on it, it was allowed to really figure out what the answer should be without sort of like staring at it straight on. It sort of came from the side. So that helped me with my personal life and my mental health, but also has helped me a lot with my writing because a lot of my ideas come to me when I'm doing that. Um, it's sort of self-serving because some of the ideas are running related, but sometimes they're not. Like some of the best lines in the book came from me going out on a run and thinking, oh, I didn't think that that would be the way to word it. And then I would type it in, stop, pull over and type it into my phone. Um, so it's it's really been a benefit to everything right now except for my toes and my chest muscles so I, I hope to run until the day that I die nice well and your mother's setting the way for you know showing that Millers can do that yes yeah, she is yeah yeah with her blue streaks in her hair <laughs> yeah so a, a follow-up question a little bit to that one Jen 
I'm intrigued that you get teary at the start of races. And do you have a theory for why that is? And do you think it affects you in a positive or a negative way? Well, this time I was scared that I was going to break my foot. Um, although I was in the start corral um, and was getting like that until somebody recognized me from Instagram and snapped me out of it. I think it's because I there's so much training that goes into it. I mean, 18 weeks is Hanson's and so much work. And, you know, it's the culmination of everything. And also, you know, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to hurt pretty bad at some point. So there's a bit of fear there. And I always you know, make the sign of the cross, even though I'm a lapsed Catholic. I think it's just, there's a lot of thought about, okay, you've done all this training to get here and you're here and soon you're going to be done and it's going to be over. So it's just, it's overwhelming. Um, and that's why I get a little teary, but I get a little teary at a lot of stuff like watching kids cartoons sometimes. So I don't know if it's racing or just me. <laughs> um, I got to say that that's you saying about the sign of the cross. I too am a lapsed Catholic. And I had forgotten that I used to do that. And I just was like, oh, yeah, I used to do that before start of rowing races or running races. I'm like, yeah, I didn't do that before Boston. Like, I think that's a good sign. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, No, but my first marathon, somebody died, actually. Oh, Um, oh dear. There is. Yes, there is that that fear, too. I mean, I'm checked out by my doctor and all that. But, you know, there's it's the great unknown, even if you've done this. You know, I've run the marathon six times now, but it's still the great unknown because every race is different. You know, even yeah. running the New Jersey Marathon twice, the weather was totally different. And this year we were back on the boardwalk, so everything was different. So there's a lot of fear that goes into it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of races, uh, what's next for you both? Um, do you guys have another race on the calendar? And Mary, do you think you're going to step it up to a 26.2 one day? No. <laughs> that was definitive. <laughs> it's it's too painful to watch them train for it. Um <laughs> No, that uh, that one is not on my bucket list. Uh-huh. But what are you running next? I am running um, in two weeks. I'm doing a 5K. I honestly don't remember the name. It's it's to benefit the officer that was killed on Route 55 a couple a month ago. Oh, that's they're nice. Doing, they're doing a fundraiser. Oh, that's nice. And and then two weeks after that, you have your triathlon, right? Then I have the triathlon. Then we'll do the firecracker for Fourth of July. That's a firecracker 5K in Haddon Heights, which goes by my mom's house. Oh, nice. On the 4th of July. And before that, I have the New York Roadrunners Women's Mini 10K. Oh, fun. And then I'm doing an event at the Brooklyn Running Company the next day. So it's a twofer there. Nice. Nice. And are you trying to, Jen, are you trying to do a whole bunch of New York City Roadrunners races to get into New York? Or this just happens you're doing one sponsored by them? It just happens that I... um, wanted to do that race and I wanted to do it last year, but I overslept and missed my train and spent the day on the beach instead. Whoops. Um, but I have an event in Chicago on June 8th and decided to fly from Chicago into New York city instead of Philadelphia, run, stay overnight at my friend's house in Brooklyn, run the race and then Brooklyn running company. Um, so that would be a great day to come the next day and do their group run and do brunch and talk about books, which sounds perfect to me. Nice. Nice. Um, but I don't, I, I did New York in 2014 it was a great race and experience, but I have a I have um, severe eczema, so it makes running in the summer really difficult. And I ended up going into New York with like a skin infection, and I was on all sorts of steroids and drugs. Not like in performance enhancing steroids, not the ones that help you out. Um, and I decided that I can't run fall road races anymore, fall road marathons, I should say. So I think that's one and done for me in New York. It was oh, fun though. A- 
That's intriguing. I did. I don't. Uh, if I'm prying too much, I mean that's intriguing to me. I have had eczema off and on through my life, but it's definitely not nearly that bad. Talk to us a little bit about that. How, like running in the summer, why that's so bad for it? Sure. Well, um, I mean, I've I've written about it, so I have nothing to hide. Um, mm-hmm. I my eczema is triggered by heat and humidity. Hmm. So first, it could be you know like I wear um, tights that are short almost all the time that come mm-hmm. mid thigh. Mm-hmm. So I'll get spots like on my lower back because it's humid in there and I try to strip out of my running clothes immediately after running. But, you know, in the winter, it's not such an issue. That's why I really love running a spring marathon because I can train in the bitter cold and I'm totally fine with it. Mm. But in the summer, it's just like getting trapped in a sauna and running, you know, my eczema was really bad in high school and the crooks in my elbows and my knees because I played soccer. And that just was where mm. it sort of hung out. And as an adult, it's my hands. It can be my face. It can be my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just running in humidity makes it worse. So I just don't do it as much anymore. Wow. And so in the summer, do you head into a treadmill or you switched other things in the summer? Last summer, I um, did a lot of trail running. I did a lot of stair workouts. I got into the weight room a lot. My big race last fall was the uh, Fifth Avenue Mile in New York City. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was great. I mean, I, I ran that sort of with a goal. I was trying to, to lose some weight. I had sort of had the slow creep. Um, and I used the summer. I ended up losing 25 pounds. Wow. And yeah. The New York Times keeps sponsoring that story. I wrote it like October and every once in a while they pop it back up and I get more emails. I think you guys shared it at one point on your Facebook I think we, group. I'm suddenly like, wait, that all sounds very familiar. Yeah, that that was me. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I do a lot of more speed workout. I, I'm part, we're both part of the South Jersey Athletic Club and they run on the track on Tuesday mornings at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> so I'll still run outside, but my volume is a lot lower, and I spend a lot more time picking up heavy weights and putting them back down, <laughs> which is which is great. I mean, it's just different. Right, 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 right. So, and you, Jen, you've alluded to some of your book events. Is Are those all listed on your um, runningalovestory.com site? They are on my Facebook page. So oh, okay. it's um, by Jen A. Miller is the <laughs> Facebook page. It's um, pinned to the top of the page, and I, I need to update it because a bunch of those events have passed already. But the big ones are I'm going to be at the Capital City Book Fair in Trenton on May 14th at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be at uh, Roadrunner Sports in Chicago on June 8th. I'm doing an event in New York City on June 1st, but the details aren't hammered out yet, so I can't say what it is, but it'll uh-huh. be a big one. Uh-huh. And then um, I'm going to be at the Brooklyn Running Company on June 12th. And I think after that, I don't have anything until October 1st when I am an author at my town's book fair. So I will be at the Collingswood Book Festival. I have to walk two blocks to the start of it. So that's a good one, too. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, good, good. Well, it has been fun talking to you both. And Mary, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Yeah, it sounds like they're not quite morning people from the way they said that 5.30 a.m. A lot of disdain in the yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, well, um, the Train Like a Mother Club has been buzzing as races culminate and new programs are just about to start. So let's hear from Dimity. Hey, y'all. This is Dimity in Denver with your Train Like a Mother Club corner. But before I get to the post for this week, I just want to say thank you very much. Um, first of all, for your birthday wishes. I turned another year young um, this week and got a lot of love from the Bammer crowd, so thank you. And then I also got a ton of love 
about my freaking foot, um, and I just appreciate it so much. I just want you to know that, um, oh, I'm going to get teary, but um, <laughs> I'm not, I won't cry here standing here by myself. I'm not even talking to anybody, um, but just want to let you know that um, I know a lot of you know where I'm coming from. I know it's a total hashtag first world problem, and you know the fact that I can't run an ultra, like most people should be so lucky to have that be their only or their major problem in their life. Um, So I just want to let you know that I feel very supported and loved. And um, if anybody wants to trade their feet for my feet, you know, we could just do an easy transplant and I will, um, I'll even foot the cost. Ha, I'll foot the cost for that. Anyway, this other one is probably going to make me tear up too. So it's just that kind of club corner this week. Um, This is from Christina, who is in the half marathon challenge. um, And she ended up running Bloomsday. Um, which is a huge 12K road race. She writes, um, When we lived in San Diego, my husband would run, would go on six-mile runs almost every day. I couldn't see who in the hell would run six miles for fun. Crazy people. LOL. I could barely run one mile. He would talk about a runner's high and how addicting running is, and I would do the eye roll. We moved to Idaho almost 11 years ago, and when I turned 41 in 2010... I decided to try running and follow the couch to 5K plan, which one of my girlfriends had suggested. I ran my first 5K in 2011. My my husband and kids were there cheering for me at the finish, and I got the running bug after that. I told my husband one day I would run Bloomsday, which is a huge 12K road race in Spokane, Washington. This Sunday will be my fourth year running Bloomsday. Sadly, my husband wasn't here to see me run my first Bloomsday in 2013 because he passed away in June of 2012. However, I know he shows up to the start with me at every race, saying, I am so proud of you, I knew you could do it, and didn't I tell you running is addicting? Here's to all of us crazy bammers and to great races this weekend. Christina, he's totally, like, you know, giving you the eye roll, saying... Didn't I tell you running is addicted? It is addicting from up above. And thank you for sharing your story. And um, many more happy miles to you and to everybody else. We'll see you next weekend. This is a season of race expos for another mother runner. Let me run through a couple of them. Yuck, yuck, run through them. Um, I'm going to be at Hippie Chick near Portland the day before Mother's Day, probably the day after you're listening to this if you jump right on it. And Dimity will be at the Mother's Day 5K in Denver on, you guessed it, Mother's Day. Badass mother runner Heather will head up our booth at the Cleveland Marathon the following weekend. Over Memorial Day, my family and I will make our annual pilgrimage to lovely Bend, Oregon, so I can emcee the Happy Girls races, and AMR will have a booth at that expo. Then the first weekend in June, I'll be the voice over the PA system at Zuma Annapolis, which I'm really looking forward to. AMR will, once again, have a booth at Grandma's Marathon in mid-June, complete with our Bammer Minnesota Tees, which are part of our Bammer State Series of QTs. If you're running one of these races, please stop by the Another Mother Runner booth to say hi and check out our sassy merch. Otherwise, peruse our offerings online at motherrunnerstore.com. Many happy miles to you, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day.